Welcome to Radio Maria. This is Questions of Faith. And I am Tim. We're broadcasting from Cambridge. And I'm joined in the studio by Father Stefan. Good morning, Father Stefan. Good morning, Tim. How are things? <laughs> things are well. But I, I imagine, just as I did, you probably had quite a rough time getting in this morning. I sure did. Uh, yeah, too many traffic um, road roadworks. And uh, yeah, I was half an hour late almost. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's uh, a blizzard outside. Although it's it seems to be all right just now, but um, about an hour ago, when I was looking out the window during the liturgical looking glass program, it was uh, something of a uh, storm, really. Yeah. Out there, but um, we're all safe and sound. So perhaps we should spare a thought for those who are. Um, not so fortunate as ourselves in these cold times. I wonder if you would begin with a prayer for us, please, Father Stefan. Sure, I'd love to. Yeah, Lord, we, we thank you for your blessing towards us. We pray for all who are uh, listening to us. We pray for all those on the roads, particularly today, uh, all any who are in uh, serious trouble in this time, Lord. We ask for your blessing uh, upon them, upon us, as, as we go forward in our lives, uh, searching out your light and your truth. Uh, thank you, Lord. We ask this in the name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Amen. So if you've just started listening, this is Questions of Faith. And um, the way this program works is that we have a priest or a religious who joins us on um, the program every week, this, this time every week. And we encourage you as listeners to call in and ask a question. It's currently Lent, and um, it, a lot of people have been wondering about different things in the liturgy, wondering about different things of the practices of Lent. So if you have a question about that, you're welcome to do that. And the number to dial is 01-223-375-564. I'm going to give that again. It's 01-223-375-564. The lines are open, and... Um, waiting for you and um, don't be afraid if there's anything that you want to ask um, something you'd just like to hear Father Stefan's opinion on or a technical issue um, a theological question it's uh, really we'll do our best here guided by the Holy Spirit um, to answer your questions in the meantime I'd like to find out how your Lent has been so far Father Stefan Hmm. Yeah, it's it's been actually quite good, I would say, from the point of view of I, I've tried to be more focused than I have been in previous years. Um, uh, the lives of priests, actually, in general, tend to be really, really busy, and you can you can lose it. You can lose the the, the sort of focus on the Lord uh, through having to do so many things and being involved in so many things. So. Um, this year I've tried to be uh, more focused, even though it, it, the busyness hasn't disappeared. No, it, it's, uh, uh, it is a problem, mm -hmm. actually. But, but um, uh, the Lent has been... Uh, it's a, I, I find it's an opportunity to uh, address uh, those issues that perhaps um, we've been avoiding... Um, uh, and one of my issues is just how, how I deal with business, how I organise my life. Um, 
another thing, yeah, that's it's been good for me this year is I, I tried a more uh, serious fasting, giving up a lot of uh, stuff that I normally eat, mm-hmm. and <laughs> um, that's been actually good. I thought it, I thought it'd be really hard. It's not so hard, but it's been it's been good, and in some way I feel uh, stronger. It's paradoxical, you know, you give up stuff, but I feel stronger as a result of, of fasting and I would thoroughly recommend it, you know, and we, we can fast in, in lots of different ways, of course. Um, we, you know, some people say, well, I can't, I can't stop uh, food. Uh, well, you can fast in other things. You can give up something that you enjoy, uh, like uh, uh, the TV or something else mm-hmm. uh, and and uh, that sort of thing. But I think... Uh, I found the fasting has been really helpful to help me to focus and to uh, just be stronger about my uh, response to God uh, and what God is calling us to. Mm. This is Questions of Faith. If you have a question about fasting, about Lent, about anything really to do with the faith, uh, Father Stefan's here to answer some questions and um, the lines are open. 01223-375-564. Um, I have a question that's been sent in on the WhatsApp group. If you didn't know, you could do that. That's that's one of the ways in which you can send in questions. And this is from uh, one of Helena's little boys. And um, I'm going to play it for you now. Okay. This is Rowan, and I'm 10. And I got a question. What if there were no devil? Would everyone love? <laughs> <laughs> so if you didn't get the first part... He said, my name is Rowan. Um, And, uh, yeah, if there were no devil, would everyone love? Very interesting question. It is an interesting question. (laughs) Um, How do we answer this? Um, God God has given us us freedom to choose. We can choose to do uh, good uh, for others and for God, or we can choose to be selfish and just uh, orient ourselves towards ourselves. So that that's a, a fundamental uh, fact about our nature. We, we, we've been allowed to, to be free. We're not like uh, the animals who, who just work through instinct and, uh, and trigger mechanisms. We also have instincts and triggers, but we also can choose to do good or to be selfish. Uh, and that's just a fact. Um, and in fact, uh, God puts us to the test, if you like. He, he gives us opportunities to be good or to be selfish if, you, if we choose to be that way. Um, and that way we become the, the loving people he, he wishes us to be because he wishes us to freely, uh, our design is there to, free, to freely love God. And we can do that or we can... Uh, go the other way and start uh, just being inward and self-oriented and not really um, uh, looking out for the needs of others. You know, when Jesus was asked, um, what's the greatest commandment? And he says, well, the greatest, greatest one is to lo- love God. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he said, and the second one's like it, and that is to love your neighbour as yourself. So th- those are the, the two two commandments in which we we base our, our lives on. And in that way, uh, we're able to uh, to become 
who God's calling us to be. Um, we're, 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 um, uh, and so the, the answer to the question, the short answer is, uh, we could still um, do the unloving thing, mm. uh, even if there was no devil. But the devil <laughs> pushes us in that, in that direction, whereas without the devil, perhaps it would be easier. I don't know. Yeah, because the devil was free as well, so he was the one who yeah. he was able to choose. So before him, there was nothing um, pushing him one way or another. That's right. Sadly, we, we're in the case where we, we are... Um, we do have that uh, extra push, but it, it it must be in God's goodness that he um, he obviously thinks that we are able to overcome it by his grace because he's allowed it to happen. We actually have a caller on the line. Oh, lovely. Um, Radio Maria, hello. Oh, hello. Uh, this is Debbie. And hello, I've got Debbie. a question for Father Stefan. Yes, please. Good morning. Where are you uh, calling from, Debbie? I'm calling for my car, actually, <laughs> driving to Waitrose. And um, I was just wondering, could Father Stefan tell us what is the origin of the Stations of the Cross devotion, and could he recommend any particular meditation for the Stations of the Cross? A wonderful question. Thank you, Debbie. Uh, um, well, the, 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 there's, loads of, the, the, there's loads of Stations of the Cross uh, meditations which... Uh, some will find good, some will find not not so good. Um, I, I mean, there, there's lots of wonderful meditations which I, I wouldn't recommend one against another. Uh, the traditional ones I find are are, are fine to use. Um, some of the more recent ones are also good. Uh, it, it depends also on one's um, interests in life, you know, whether uh, if we're very socially oriented, we can get uh, meditations on the cross, which are in that way. Uh, others are more spiritually oriented, and again, we can use them. So I, I wouldn't recommend uh, one uh, against the other. Um, I, I don't know the, the, the origins of the stations. I, I couldn't give you that. I'd just be guessing. Um, <laughs> I'll quickly look it up. <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard any stories, Debbie, about the origins of the stations? No, 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 I hadn't. And I was just thinking about it mm. as I was listening and driving along. And because we have them in all of our churches, I wonder, I wonder when that began and how how it came to be. Um, and is it true that the the most traditional prayers that we use are they the ones from Saint Alphonsus Liguori? I think that's correct. Yeah. I, and um, uh, regarding the origins, I mean, this, the, what I was told was that um, in the uh, there was a tradition among the early church to actually go along the way in which Jesus had gone and to follow in his footsteps, and um, and so to pray at all these different places, you know, the, at the actual physical um, places. And there's also from one of the the visionaries, um, I can't remember which one now, um, who who saw a vision of uh, uh, Saint John and Our Lady, who had this home together in in Ephesus, um, that they actually made the Stations of the Cross in their own home. Obviously, this is a this is a vision, so it's not um, part of divine revelation. We're not required to to believe it, but it kind of there's a tradition that that the apostles and the early Christians 
um, had this devotion with them. You found something, Father Stefan. Yeah, yeah. I was just thinking you should be doing this, Tim, not me. Um, the, the, stations, the stations grew out of imitation of the Via Dolorosa in Jerusalem, which is a traditional processional route, symbolizing the actual path Jesus walked to Mount Calvary. The objective of the stations is to help the Christian faithful to make a spiritual pilgrimage through contemplation of the Passion of Christ. So that's quite short and sweet, and uh, actually just confirm. It just says what you just said. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a particular devotion you enjoy for the for the stations of the cross, Debbie? No, but I keep meaning to get to Friday mm -hmm. station at the cross, so maybe I'll do that later mm. today. It's one of the things I would set myself to do for Lent. Yeah. Um, and I've been, I've been lucky enough to go to the Holy Land three times now, so it, 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 it really comes alive as you go around um, right. meditating on the station. So I suppose for those who haven't been, or um, it is a way of um, visiting the sites in yes. meditation if, if, if they can't actually be there physically. Uh, an interesting little um, anecdote on this. In the in Blackfriars in Oxford, they have the Stations of the Cross in, um, I think it's in marble on the walls. And the the artist who did the these stations depicted the Roman soldiers as almost like um, ogres or, or, you know, these really quite uh, detestable creatures in order to show how the sin had disfigured their souls. Um, and there's a theory that these images, because Tolkien used to go to mass there at Blackfriars, perhaps um, influenced his his orcs and his goblins in the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> so I've I've, oh, I've had a look at them. They, they're, they're quite interesting. Yeah, and we're busy broadcasting um, the morning prayers from Oxford at the moment. So something to think about when you listen to that. Um, thank you for the question. Thanks, Debbie. Oh, thank very much. Thank, Thank you. you. You're welcome. We have another caller on the line. Arreda Mira, hello. Hi. Hello, Tim. Hello, Father Stefan. Hello. Good it's morning. Lucia. Hi. Hi, Lucia. Um, Thanks for waiting. Oh, no, that's okay. I was listening to, I was listening along, so it was good. <laughs> very, very nice. I like the stations of the cross. Anyway, um, uh, I have a, a question. I was wondering if you'd be able to help me explain to my seven-year-old who's making her Holy Communion. If you have any sort of tips on how to really help her to focus on Jesus in the Eucharist, it's a hard thing to explain for adults and maybe it's, maybe it's easier for children. I don't, you know, I just, I want her when she makes her Holy Communion to really feel and really focus and not be distracted by anything else. And if there are any tips on how to do that for a seven-year-old? Great! <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a wonderful right. question. It is. Uh, my first thought is arg. <laughs> I, I try, trying to. I'm not. I, I'm not an expert with, with children. I must say. I, I taught in a, a secondary school uh, with young people uh, ages 11 to 18, and I was more comfortable with the older ones than the younger ones. When I had to teach the younger ones, I'd, I'd go and see the, the head of RE and, and speak to her and say, how do I teach this subject? Because uh, it's it's really, I, I find it difficult to get into the minds of the little ones mm. uh, in a way that uh, would explain 
uh, things clearly. Um, what do we say? I, I, I suppose we, we need to emphasise that uh, even though it looks like bread, it looks like wine, it is Jesus. You know, it's Jesus. Uh, how do we... How, how can we put an analogy to that? Uh, you were talking about talking just a minute ago. Uh, we have uh, walking trees and talking uh, that that have got that are actually got personalities and can speak, uh, and that that's obviously a fantasy. But there's no there's no reason why um, God's spirit, which inhabits the world and holds the world in 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 place, couldn't. Uh, also, uh, be more substantially present in the uh, in the Eucharist and the the bread and wine. Um, I, I'm trying to think of analogies. It's, it's difficult. Well, one of the analogies I sometimes use is that um, nowadays technology is so good that we can make, for instance, things that look and taste like chicken actually from vegetable matter. <laughs> And and so you 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 look you think you're eating a chicken, but actually you're you're eating soya, uh, and um, that's possible just through technology. So the the way something looks, and the way it actually is, is two different things, even in this world. Uh, and uh, we uh, we we talk about the substance of things, the substance of of the bread after consecration is that it's the body and blood of Christ um, and body, blood, soul and divinity of course um, uh, and that is what uh, we're uh, consuming and the other uh, point that probably can be made is uh, that when we eat food the, the body transforms the food into its own substance mm. you know when we eat Carrots, for instance, we don't suddenly find that we've got carrots growing out of us. The carrots are, are decomposed in our bodies and then built into uh, tissues and so on f for our body's use. Um, and it works in the opposite way. When we eat the bread of Christ, uh, then we, um, we are transformed. We are divinized. We are made uh, more like God in that process so instead of we we actually funnily enough we transform the physical elements of the host into our own substance mm. but in during that process jesus transforms ourselves our spirits into a more holy more divine more closer to him um, that's the best i can come up with sorry yeah. no that very, very good. Actually, that's really helpful. And I'm just going to just keep emphasizing that and um, and speaking to her about it. I mean, at, during mass, you know, usually from until now, she's always been doing a little bit of coloring in from her little, you know, Bible book because she'd just come in from children's liturgy. But now I, I'm, I'm, you know, telling her, no, you know, you know what? Keep your eyes. Just look. Just look, and just keep looking, and just keep looking. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't want her to think, "Oh, what am I looking at?" <laughs> it's, it's it's very difficult. Yeah, one one of my friends, um, when the the priest he was with his young children, and uh, the the priest was giving the the blessing with the host, and and my friend said to his, his son, uh, 
there's Jesus. And the little boy said, is he hiding? (laughs) 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 But but, um, it's difficult. As a child, I I didn't get it. I must say, I didn't get it. I found maths really deadly boring. uh, And... um, I just wanted to be out of there and if I could have chosen at that point I'd have said I'm out of here but that wasn't possible <laughs> um, so uh, I, I, I think in your normal life and your normal uh, way that you live your life the normal way you express your faith those uh, sort of sink into the children and they they start to get it I think mm. uh, but it's uh, yeah, it's. I thank you so much. It's. it's uh, I admire parents for what they have to do, and particularly in a secular age where uh, there's so much secular propaganda go- going on as well that uh, mm. you, you have to try and break through as well. Mm. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's true. Um, no, but thank you. I'll, uh, that that has been very very helpful. So I really appreciate you taking Thank you for the question. There's uh, there's an article that you might find interesting, Lucia, um, on the pillar. It's about children's adoration, um, and uh, it's from a parish in in the U.S. where they've started um, doing adoration with with little children and talking about how these children, although they tend to be distracted and um, they do actually get it. Um, and I think sometimes yeah. we underestimate the fact that that children sometimes get it better than we do. Um, so yeah. anyways, we wish you all the best for... Could I just add a little thing? You yeah. just uh, gave me... I met a, a young woman in Ireland who's going around the schools in Ireland doing half-hour adoration sessions with the children. Mm-hmm. And she says, it, she, she says it really works very well. You know, they, they, they say their, their little prayers and, uh, and, then they, and then they go into silence and, and they're not just sleeping uh, and, and they love it. They, they, they love it. Oh, and, that's a lovely idea to yeah. encourage. It, you know, just, I'm going to actually speak to our parish priest about that and, yeah. and bring, speak about that coming to um, to our school. I yeah. think that would be very helpful at the moment. They're, they're, you know, I think they're struggling a little bit as well. I'll try yeah. I'll try and um, get in touch with the, the lady. I, I, I yeah. can't quite, and see, uh, and and see if she can make some connections here yeah thank you Thanks, um, tim, so, sorry yeah. tim just no, quickly what was the name of the i forgot so it's a, there's a news um uh website called pillar catholic pillar. yeah and it, it okay. has it if you just google the pillar adoration children you'll find yep. an article there thank yeah. you so You're much welcome. okay oh, thank you. great god thank bless. you have a good day god bless Bye-bye. god bless the Bye-bye. Bye-bye. so the calls are coming in. We have another one. Um, Radio Maria, hello. Hello. Hi. 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 Who, we, who are we talking to? It's Noel from Cambridge. Oh, hello, Noel. Do, uh, you, do you have a question for Father Stefan? Uh, can I comment on the previous uh, subject was about the Holy Eucharist? Only yes. if you have something good to say. <laughs> All right. You know, my niece explained to me, which she, uh, her uh, Catholic uh, priest, uh, religious teacher, he explained to them about the Eucharist. Yeah. He said, uh, I don't know what, uh, in what subject, you know, like he said, like uh, a host uh, being divided in five is the body of Jesus. And they, uh, they weighed each portion and each portion was one gram. So they weighed as well the 
five portions together and they weighed as well uh, one gram, so all of them. Oh, wow. So that's when, uh, when the host fall on the floor or something, it's, uh, it's the, the whole body of Jesus falling. So that was a Eucharistic miracle. miracle. Okay, wow. Yeah. That's very interesting. So, so maybe this for the previous listener, just, you know, yeah, to inhale yeah, yeah. her child. <laughs> and this is being told to me by my niece, who is 11. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Right. From the mouth. Okay, I'd like to ask, yes. Mm-hmm. I'd like to ask, please, about, you know, when you're offering a Mass for a deceased one, you know, and yeah. especially for Gregorian Masses, is it only like uh, we should offer it only for one person deceased or we can put like so many? Because some uh, of the parishes, they don't have, uh, uh, you know, enough Masses for everybody. Yeah, good question. Uh uh, of course, the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross covered every everyone. It's, there's no limit to the, the the blessing that 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 sacrifice is. So, uh, whether we have one mass intention or uh, a dozen or a hundred or, or or even a thousand, uh, the, the, those are covered by the um, uh, by the sacrifice of Jesus. There's no limitation to that sacrifice. However. Uh, I think the regulations that I'm aware of say that you should really just have one intention per mass. You shouldn't, unless that intention is a multiple intention. You know, if someone comes up and says, I would like you to say uh, um, these masses for A, B, C, D and E uh, and and say just one mass for them, well, that that's fine, you can do that. But if, if someone gives you five separate intentions, uh, that should be five masses, you know, according to my understanding of the regulations. Um, that, that, I think that's all I can say about that. All right. Is that you. helpful? Yeah, Great. very helpful. Thank, thank you. you for the thank question, you. Noel. Um, okay, thank you. So if you just started listening, this is Questions of Faith, and um, if you'd like to call in and ask a question... Father Stefan and myself will do our best to answer them. The number is 012233755564. We're going to go to a music break and we're going to listen to Voces 8 singing F You Love Me by Thomas Tallis. But remember that number 
Hello and welcome to Radio Maria. This is Questions of Faith, a program in which you can call in and ask a question about the faith, hence the name. And um, the number to dial is 01223-375-564. We've been talking about Holy Communion and um, about Mass Intentions and about the devil and free will. And um, we actually have a second part to Rowan's question, who um, sent us a voice note asking about whether if there was no devil, would there still be, um, would everyone love? And now the second part of his question goes as follows. Without the devil, will there be no Jesus to save our sins? <laughs> You're going to be a theologian one day, I think. Interesting. Well, one. yeah, it is an interesting question. Um, the The implication behind the the question is that without the devil, the, the, we, we would have gone along the, the correct track and never deviated. And that's uh, that. Obviously, is is not the case. We we. Uh, the, the, the devil, as uh, Tim mentioned earlier, the devil fell away, even though there was no one tempting the devil. The, 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 the devil decided to uh, do his own thing, uh, and that, that, that was the fall of the, of the angels. And then uh, he uh, helped us to go in the same direction uh, through Adam and Eve. Um, if the devil hadn't been there, there still would have been a test and if we'd pa now, if we'd passed the test, if we'd uh, continued to do uh, God's will rather than our own will, then there wouldn't have been um, a need for a redeemer. But we'd still need, uh, we'd still have the second person, the tr Trinity, yeah. who would uh, be here as our King, uh, and uh, it would be um, a, a less I suppose it would be a less arduous uh, place to be for us. You know, we'd have Jesus as King, um, and um, but not as Redeemer. But well, we, we the, there's that's as far as I, I, I can say. We're speculating here. It's actually a very interesting question, Rowan, um, because. Um, there's a part in the Easter liturgy that I've always found very interesting where it talks about um, a Felix culpa. Oh, happy fault, yes. Oh, happy fault. And um, it's uh, the second part of it, I'm just going to say it from memory, but oh, happy fault, which gained for us a great redeemer. Yeah, something, something like that. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. So basically what it's saying is that because um, we wouldn't have known God as a redeemer, if we hadn't sinned so he has um he, we we did something really bad but he decided to bring something even better out of that um that fault so whether the whether the devil has something to do with it or not is 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 um doesn't really matter one way or another our our sin has um god decided to to bring something even better out of our sin and gave us gave us a redeemer. So Jesus, as as Father Stefan said, Jesus would have always been there because Jesus is is God. He's uncreated. He he existed um outside of time. 
but we wouldn't have known Jesus as as the Redeemer if we hadn't sinned. So good questions, Rowan. Please send us more next time. Thank you. <laughs> um, we have a question from within the studio. Just a reminder that if you if you want to call in and ask a question, the number is zero one two two three three seven five. And um, we have Anna here. Anna Whitehead. Hello, Anna. Good morning. It's lovely to have you um, in the studio with us. You've come in through the the blizzard all the way from. All the way from King's Cross. <laughs> <laughs> All the way from um, King's Cross. And you have a question for us to go yes, for it. Yeah. Thank you, Father Stefan. Um, I was wondering, fasting is obviously an age-old, traditional, scriptural and biblical practice. And we're living in a very fast-paced, consumerist culture. Um, what role do you think this practice has in today's culture? Um, do you think, how how can we, how can we fast um, in today's very busy um, oversaturated society and perhaps what advice would you give to young people who are feeling like they're flagging a bit in their Lenten resolutions or are um, um, trying their very best but perhaps struggling at, in the early days of Lent and Easter still seems a long way off. Very good question. Thank you. Thank you, Anna. Um, I, as I said a little bit earlier, uh, I, I, fasting makes us actually stronger, makes us more able to uh, follow the way that we we would like to be. Um, it's not just a Christian thing, fasting. Uh, the, the, lots of uh, people do fasting and, uh, and they find it beneficial. One of the things I've found um, this Lent is because sometimes I've been hungry uh, during the day, uh, through the fasting and it's given me a, a really much better appreciation of what most of the world suffers which is most of the world is hungry and um, it's it's easy enough to say oh yeah most of the world is, is hungry and we should do something about it but when, when we ourselves are in that state then we can appreciate it a bit better and I found I have been. I've been thinking about that and, and thinking about what, what can I do to alleviate um, the hunger of others. And of course, we, we should be generous in that respect. Uh, but that, that was, that's been an interesting and unexpected thing for me, that um, that appreciation of the, the, the majority of the world, which is hungry uh, at this time. Um, in terms of, I, I think also f uh, the fasting has helped me to, to keep on track with with the Lent um, I would say in terms of flagging yeah we, we do go up and down we, we, we make resolutions say I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that and then we find after a couple of weeks that we're <laughs> we fall we fall by the wayside well I would say just get back up again we just get back up again and and continue on the on the right track we don't allow our failures in fact our failures are in some sense quite good because they keep us humble. You know, at the end of the process, we can't say, well, I was perfect in every way. We think, well, I, I fell a couple of times, I stumbled a couple of times, uh, but we kept going. And that's the, uh, that's the encouragement for, for everyone who's who's trying to do uh, the right thing during this, this period, um, not to get, not to get uh, down on oneself because we've fallen. Um, 
pray for the, the gift of perseverance. That's even for our life. We pray for the gift of perseverance. That we keep going to the end because it, it's, a, it's a difficult uh, uh, thing that we're called to. Jesus has given us a high bar to reach up to. And when we fall, uh, we just get back up and say, sorry, sorry Lord, I, I, uh, I made a mistake um, and I'd like to start again. And uh, God's answer to that is always, I love you, let's, let's continue this road together. I hope that's... <laughs> that's um, I think it, it's so great to have a chance to speak about fasting because um, although it's, um, it's such an ancient spiritual practice, you do feel like very few people do it in its uh, like embrace it these days and yet it's become quite a trendy thing recently as a um, a bit of a buzzword people speak about um, intermittent fasting but I think there's quite a big difference between what people are doing in dieting and what we're doing in um, in our religious practice um, do you do you think there's a way that you can draw a distinction father between um, dieting and fasting yeah you, you have to be yeah you, you have to be praying with fasting yeah you know if, if you're not praying then it's dieting <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah you, you really that's that, that's the basic dis difference yeah so. that's true even if the outcomes may have some, some there may be some overlap within yes. the outcomes i think that sure. your objective is actually quite different yeah. between the two um which is something to bear in mind we're going to go to another music break. Um, this is a PASU um, composed by John Ritter and sung by the Cambridge Singers um, from his Requiem Mass. And we're still taking questions. So if you have a question, um, anything regarding the faith, anything um, that might be on your mind, maybe a scripture verse that's troubling you or something you just would like to hear us talk about. The number is 01223-375-564. And here is the PASU.
That was John Ritter's Yesu uh, from the Requiem Mass. Really beautiful um, composition of that um, wonderful piece. And you're listening to Questions of Faith, where we get to um, take in your calls and answer your questions. If you want to ask a question, the number is 12 And um, we've been talking about the Eucharist, uh, how to prepare your little ones for receiving their first Holy Communion. We've been talking about um, free will and the devil and um, fasting. So covering a lot of ground and a lot of interesting different things. Um, and there's still quite a bit of time. So if you have a question, 012233755564. That's 012233755564. And myself and Father Stefan will do our best to answer your questions. Um, I was curious to know just a, a personal question. Are you reading anything interesting at the moment for Lent? Is it a, is it a tradition of yours, Father Stefan, that you might um, pick up a, a book for the Lenten season? I, I, I do uh, uh, try and f uh, focus on the passion or, okay. or, or that sort of area and pick up stuff. I mean, one of the books that I, I read years ago and, and found very helpful was Maria Valtorta, The Poem of the Man-God, uh, which is ah. it's fabulous. I, I don't have a, a great imagine, imagination. And Maria Valtorta describes the, the gospel instance in such uh, vivid detail. I, I found it always very helpful. And, and, I, and I would read some things from her. I, I, I'd read from Louisa Picaretta, who, who is a mystic, uh, and um, yeah, anything in that in those lines. Mm -hmm. We have a caller on the line, um, Radio Maria. Hello. Hello. Hi. Who, who am I speaking to? Um, you're speaking to Maureen. Hello, Maureen. Where are you calling from? Uh, from Camborne. Camborne. I have no idea where that is. Oh, it's not far from Cambridge. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> And do you have a question for for? I, I do. Um, um, I've had one or two strange answers from people. Um, okay. we, when we start mass, we say, you know, God entered willingly into His passion, and yet the first mystery, sorrowful mystery, is the agony in the garden. Well, if He entered willingly, why was He praying the agony? Or did the agony in the garden solve His uh, fear? so that he then entered willingly. Mm -hmm. Do you have your radio on in the background? Oh, sorry, I do. I've got okay. you on. Yes, it's all right. It's gone now. Good. All right. So you're talking about this, uh, what seems like a, a bit of a tension or a contradiction maybe between yes. what yeah. we're saying about Christ entering willingly into his passion and then this wrestling with the um, will in the Garden of Gethsemane. Oh. Yes. Okay. So there we go. Yeah. Uh, good morning, Maureen. Um, I, my understanding of that is just our, our, our humanity uh, is rebels, if you like, when we're uh, when we're faced with things that are going to be hurtful, uh, and Jesus was facing something that would be supremely hurtful. He knew, and his his body re rebels, but he was totally happy to do it, and that's where if we. 
you know, sometimes we, we can make those kind of decisions for ourselves too. We can walk into pain and, and we know it is going to be that way because it's the right thing to do. Um, one who calls, calls to mind is Father Maximilian Colby, who was in Auschwitz and he uh, volunteered uh, to take the place of someone who'd been condemned to death. And, and, and so he, he uh, w w was taken in the, in the place. Well, he, he walked forward and did that volunteering, but I can imagine that in his heart he might have just felt, my goodness, you know, th th this, is, this is going to be hard. Uh, uh, but he did it nevertheless. And we do those sort of things. We, we'll do that sort of thing for our children, for our loved ones, and for each other uh, when the need is there. We can walk into uh, pain and, and, and suffer some fear as a result, but we do it nevertheless. And I think Jesus, uh, as he anticipated the, the awful um, p passion that he was going to go through, and yet he was totally um, set on doing that because that was the way forward for humanity uh, and, and he was totally happy to do that and even uh, rejoicing in his spirit uh, for that sake but his body was going oh dear we're, going to, we're, we're coming up to some really hard things that's the best I can do it's, um, if, I, if I can add and, and really agree with Father Stefan in that is you know the we can see Christ's humanity emphasized in the Garden of Gethsemane that even though, yes, he was willing, um, he had to wrestle with with um, his, hum his human desire not to experience the pain that he was about to have. And I think there's a great kind of consolation for us in that, because when we are faced with really, really difficult things um, and we find them difficult, and painful and and we have to wrestle with our will we can still come out on the other side saying that we did it willingly even if if there is a kind of um a a struggle in it um and i think that maybe there's a language thing going on here that's that is uh um getting in the way is when we hear the word willingly we think that it's just um uh without a struggle but i don't think that it necessarily means that i think i think there there may have been a struggle but at the end um what won what what came through was the um was the willingness to do the father's will have i said anything wrong father no that was perfect <laughs> um, i just add a little illustration that i sometimes use is that an athlete in training uh, has to get up every morning early and go out and and do his running on the roads regardless of the weather you know and regardless of how he feels and some mornings he'll wake up and he'll think oh no i really can't i can't be bothered with this this is too hard but he'll do it anyway he'll get up and and go for his run to get his body into that peak condition that he's aiming for uh, for for the competition and and we do that for for uh, to win a competition, Jesus did it to win us back to himself. Yeah. And another thought just came to my mind, and that is that um, when it says that he, do, he did it willingly, it also emphasizes the fact that he wasn't coerced into doing it. So uh -huh. we know that Jesus, yeah. Jesus wasn't taken against his will. Yes. Not by the soldiers and not by mm, the Father. He did uh -huh. it willingly. Yes. Yeah, personally. Yeah. yeah. 
he, yeah. he actually made that decision. He said, I could call a, a legion of angels to come and rescue me if I mm -hmm. wanted. And he, he told Peter to put down his sword because he was going willingly, even if it was a, a challenge to do so. Uh -huh. yes. Some additional things he's, he's said to mystics through the ages. He said that even if it was just for one person, he would do it. So even if it was it was just for you, uh, he, he would certainly do it. And uh, and he's he's often said that if it, if it were necessary now uh, and effective, then he would he would certainly do it now again. Hmm. You know, um, it's 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 just uh, um it's just his love in action yeah that's a wonderful question maureen it was that helpful sorry it was what i said a wonderful question thank you was it helpful yes. Yes, it was very helpful because you know every morning at mass when it comes up and i sit thinking i wonder what the answer to that is right. <laughs> but that's fine thank you good well thank, thank you. you for calling in good morning thank yeah you. great so um we have a little bit of time uh, left if anybody would like to call in and ask another question. Uh, the number is 01-223-375-564. That's 01-223-375-564. In the meantime, here is a piece by um, sung by Kai Thomas, a Welsh treble, and it's Laudate Dominum.
was Laudate Dominum, sung by the Welsh treble Kai Thomas. And um, we're coming to the end of, of the program, the Questions of Faith. But um, uh, Father Stefan, I wonder if you could speak to us a little bit about prayer, seeing as this is a season where we all want to deepen our prayer lives as we um, go through Lent, and maybe just a few sentences about how to deepen one's prayer life. Yeah, um, I've often heard the phrase uh, pray with the heart and sometimes I wondered what exactly they meant. Am I praying with the heart or am I just saying words? Uh, I think the difference uh, to my mind is similar to if you go to a business meeting and uh, you, you're introduced to someone else and you say, pleased to meet you, how are you? Uh, the, these are conventional words uh, to recognise the other person, but it, um, it doesn't mean when you say those words, how are you, that you're actually all that interested in how they are. You're just trying to be pleasant and to, uh, to recognise someone. Um, praying with the heart is different in that we say the words, but we mean them. We say we say the prayers that we're we're offering, and and that can be quite tricky in a situation where we're we're, we're for instance reciting common prayers that we say all the time uh, in a in a communal setting like the Our Father or so on, and uh, so um, we we uh, to pray with the heart means we we need to just focus and mean what we're saying, uh, and and. Uh, if I get time for an illustration, mm -hmm. yeah, just a quick one. One of our priests went out to a, a, a house where someone was was said to be possessed, uh, and he he said some uh, exorcism prayers over the the, the 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 man, and nothing happened. And then uh, he thought, I just said the words out. I wasn't really in my heart meaning it. Mm -hmm. So he said it again, but with his heart uh, involved, he he said it meaningfully. In other words. Uh, and the, the the guy was re relieved of the the, the demonic uh, demon that was uh, affecting him. Wow. Um, but 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 uh, yeah, it's just the important thing. We we we, we need to really uh, try and mean what we're saying, uh, and and not just say the words. That's that's about it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I think that's. Uh, I mean, I definitely find that. Uh, helpful reminder for myself so would you pray for us and end the session of um, yes. questions of faith from the heart yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll try and do that Lord we thank you for this time you've given us time to, to serve you and to serve others uh, thank you for the blessing that you uh, that you pour upon us and even in difficulties you're there for us regardless uh, we pray for those who are struggling at this time, those who are, uh, anyone who's listening who's who's got problems, Lord, we ask you to bless them in, in that particular particular problem they're, they're having. Um, and uh, we acknowledge the Father, Son and Holy Spirit now. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as, as it, it was, was in the, the beginning, beginning, is now oh, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.